going to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Oh, welcome. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour on a Friday. Hey, man. Hey, Seth. How you doing? My guest tonight is Seth Spotlow. Hello. Last time we saw each other, we were over in Prattville celebrating your birthday along with many others. Brad Vegas. Now, when was your official birthday? Next Thursday. Next Thursday. Yeah. So you did very early. Yeah. Now, this is a great shower song. Yes. <laughs> Don't miss those cracks and crevices. Uh, yeah, it's like that. Um, I'm sure you saw that video of the little mouse, like washing himself. I heard you guys talking about it. I haven't seen it yet. It is okay. I got to find that for you. And apologize for those just listening, but go look up. Uh, careful moving that. Don't pull the cords out. Um, the mouse that was washing himself. Uh, is just, you know, they do all these tests on, like, mice. A lot of, apparently, our physiology is similar, uh, mice and humans in some ways, so they do all these tests. But it's this mouse that was, uh, like, washing under his arms, like he's standing up on his back legs. I can't find it immediately. What'd they say? He had, uh, what, he had something in, or on him, or... Uh... I can't remember what the... the yeah, here he is. Cleaning himself with soap. Look at that. Look Aww. how, like, you can immediately relate to that. It's it, so cute. It looks like a little human being. That's normally what I'm doing right now, listening to you. Right. <laughs> well, wait, you listen to our show in the shower? Yeah, oh, okay. and the morning time, too. Oh, my. I know. How scandalous. But that is adorable. Okay. I usually don't like mice. Uh, yeah, no, that's so cute. He's, oh, he just got, like, the, he's getting under the chin. He just got his undercarriage It looks like he bit. got a little in his mouth. Yeah. And it's just amazing sometimes our connection with, like, animals. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I've done things lately where I'm like, I am just like my damn dog. <laughs> Like when we'll, I'll give you an example. Like Gimli, the red and fuzzy big booty Buddha, and he's not my dog. He's technically my brother's dog. And if my brother moves out, which I think he's going to after our lease is up, he's going to move to a different spot. Uh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the day when Gimli, the Buddha, the red and fuzzy big booty Buddha, is no longer around. Oh, you're going to lose your buddy because it, though he's technically not my dog, I was there as soon the day Will got him. We lived together since that day. I helped, you know, train him a little bit, take him out, take care of him, seen him grow up. But he'll do things where, like, we'll come and pet him, and he's sleepy, and he'll do this. <sighs> <laughs> and I found myself the other day. Somebody wanted me to get up, and I just went. Uh, I'm just like my damn dog. It's the connections are incredible. I got uh, some beads for baby girl from the Mardi Gras thing last Saturday, and they're on my table. And yeah. yesterday, when baby, when I got her, we went in the house, and she saw her beads, and she's like, "Ooh!" And she's dragging this big wad of beads around, and so is the cat. Yeah. The cat wants some, and she wants some, and she's like, "Ah!" And they're having this tug of war with this kitten and the mm. baby, and oh, everybody wants the beads. 
but the, <laughs> who won? Uh, it, well, it was the a baby, right? Uh, yeah, I, I let him go at it. Okay, I just said good luck. You know, if the cat wins, <laughs> uh, share. I'm thinking about getting a cat. You should, man. I mean, if you're going to lose your your dog, buddy, a cat's better than nothing. My only issue with cats is that they you don't know what you're going to get. You might get the the. I want a needy cat that likes to cuddle. Meow. Hello, hold me. Let me rub my head on your beard. Yeah, get them when they're tiny, and then it'll just it'll turn into you. Handle it all the time, right? Yeah, it'll just turn into you, and just have a little tiny one, and then it will just it'll be you. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll it'll be what you make it. No, I'm not going to turn into a crazy cat lady. Just one. Just one. Just one. I just want one cat, and then yeah, no more than that. But I have to come up with a name. Now, if I get a dog, I already have a name in mind. I've talked about this before, but I want it to be a very much like a person's name. Hmm. Not anything that could be construed as a dog's name. Not Fido, not Spot. Um, Frank. Frank is a good one. <laughs> I, one I like is Steven. Steven, yes. Hey, Steven, come here. With a PH. Yeah, Steven <laughs> with a PH. I like that. I like that. But with a cat, it's hard to know. I, I knew one guy, uh, I read about him. And he was a writer and very creative and kind of very witty. So he named his cat Richard Nixon oh my. and taught the cat how to do backflips. So he'd like talk Ooh. to women at bars and be like, you want to go back to my place and watch Richard Nixon do black backflips? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that's, and, and he's not exaggerating. The cat can literally do backflips. That's awesome. And say, I'm not a crook. I wish I could teach my kid and my cat to potty train at the same time. <laughs> Be like, okay, kid's doing it. Now, cat, watch. Because the 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 cat drinks out of the toilet. Now, there's this one story, <laughs> just changing pace completely. And folks who have been listening all day heard me rant and rave about this earlier. But it's driving me up the wall. You know, we, we've hit a new zeitgeist, if you will, with the Harvey Weinstein stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's started an important conversation. But what you find with these call-out campaigns is it's more about posturing to be a good person for most people talking about it. Because you don't know. Most of us haven't been in Hollywood. We don't know Hol Harvey Weinstein. We don't know these actresses. Oops. Yeah, don't punch the microphone. Sorry. That's fine. I do it all the time. We don't know these actresses. We don't know some of these actors. Like, we might know them from their public personas, but we don't know these people. And you can empathize. You could say, that shouldn't have happened. Or you can disagree and say, I want more of the story. But we're not going to change crap by posturing in a particular way. I think it's important to look at specific cases, especially ones that are closer to you, that you could actually make a difference on. And change your behavior going forward. Just talk openly. But I worry there's this new wave of Puritanism, Victorianism when it comes to sexuality in people's personal lives. Not, apparently in entertainment, we can still do whatever we want. But here's what I'm talking about. There's a story that came out of Hartford, Connecticut. And it's been going percolating throughout the week. And I'm finally just looking at it. It was a 22-year-old. Still, I'd imagine in college, she's 22 years old. I have to say, she's very good looking. Yeah. Smoke oh, show. Smoking. I think she's a lovely young woman. Downstairs waiting for you to open the door. I saw mm -hmm. it. I, I mean, I don't want to be too forward to ste and steal a line from Oscar Wilde, what I will. But, madam, you are the absolute personification of perfection. Yeah, she was pretty. Yeah, she's very pretty. So She's 22. I imagine still like finishing up college and wants to be a teacher. 
Now, I will say she doesn't have completely wonderful judgment, but she starts doing some student teaching practices, teaching classes at the high school in Hartford. And she meets, apparently, this 18-year-old guy. Now, I haven't seen any pictures of the dude, and I don't know what the dude's like. And again, it's, you know, it's a public story, a big scandalous news headline. But they meet in her classes. Maybe, I don't know, I haven't talked to them individually, but I imagine there are some tensions, some flirting, some stuff going on. But nothing that was illegal, nothing that was even against school policy. Just probably some glances that lasted a little too long. Oh, yeah, that look. Yeah. Right. And then... She stops, she finishes up her student-teacher gig and becomes, she stays on the faculty as an assistant coach for the track and field team. That's when this guy, the 18-year-old, asking the 22-year-old for her number. They start exchanging messages through text and through Facebook Messenger. Now, I don't know what it is about the Facebook Messenger platform, something about it that leads people to just talk even more. Maybe I'm just, that's my own experience. It's weird. Uh, so they hook up several times. They're claiming it's, I mean, I don't want all the dirty details, but what people do when it's sexy time. Yeah. And they're young, so they're probably having a lot of fun, maybe a little awkward. But they're still at that age where it's like an exercise routine, you know. Uh, it's uh, he could have been in eighth grade and she was in like sen- a senior, right? Yeah. She she's four years older than him. Yeah, they could have known each other. And you know, somebody gets word about this, whether it's a concerned parent or a student's heard rumors and the parent hears, and they call the authorities. So the teacher, student teacher, is promptly fired, which, in my opinion, just fine. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't do that. <clears throat> no, I mean, business and pleasure. You right. mix in two for two, and you can't do that. Right. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. But then the police get involved. Mm. She is being charged with sexual assault. Wow. That could put her in jail. Ooh. So because of her work position and his position at the same organization, consensual sex between two legal adults is being construed as sexual assault. Not harassment, assault. The parents are okay with it. The parents of the 18-year-old. The guy himself didn't want to talk to police initially because he didn't want anything to happen to her. And he claims, she claims, the young woman, I believe even the parents believe, they're in love. I mean, freshmen in college meet seniors in college. That's essentially the age difference here. And yet she's being threatened with jail time. Wow. There's no way they can, they can go through with that. It's, I mean, it's unreal. If they do, and it has to be because of what you were talking about at the beginning. Because nowadays everything is becoming uh, sexual harassment this, and you did this 50 years ago. And yeah, it's... Oh, well, but I can see it from the perspective of authorities. We don't want teachers sleeping with students. And we don't want somebody, you know, who's... Even of age, even being involved, we want to protect the safety of the students. But when you take something that is an actual, and far as I can tell in this story, two people who are young and attractive who fall for each other, and you're going to take that experience 
and in the name of safety, despite what they both say about the situation, no, your experience and your personal choice don't matter. This is assault. It's, it's wrong. It's, it's some sort of Orwellian nightmare where everything in a public school is now a criminal violation, not just an administrative violation where you get fired. Wow. The only thing I could see where that would be a little funky is if this started happening before he was 18. If no. he did something when he was set, was it all when he was 18? All when, and all when he was 18, she had taught, he was in classes she had taught, but they did nothing while she was the teacher in the class. They started their little dalliance. Mm, I bet he was bragging. Yep. I bet he was bragging. Exactly. Well, he was happy. He was uh-huh, excited. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I just had one of the best experiences of my life. Fellas, look at her. Yeah, uh-huh. She's real. Right. <laughs> and yet now, it's made into this, oh, this was so terrible. Now, people have brought up to me, what if the teacher was 40, and it's a legal adult, and the student is 18? I would say that makes it a little more icky. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. And if we're going to do that game of general relationship advice and all we know is somebody's age I'm going to say that a 40 year old probably should not date an 18 year old now I think once you get past your mid 20s or you're 29 there's no real problem with age difference there are going to be some things that you have to learn but you can make your own damn choices yeah and there's nothing wrong with it but uh you're still a teenager you're still 18 growing to do yes and I generally feel that way at 29, even if somebody's 22, 23. Like, I'm not, I don't immediately go, no, 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 no. But my general experience has been, it's like I'm talking to a kid. Yeah, the conversation's hard. Yes, but here's the thing. Generally, that's the great rule. There are some precocious 18, 19, 20-year-olds who are going to do what they want. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get it from Joey, because Joey's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want feel like daddy. I don't want to be, like, talking to this child. That 18-year-old is probably going to go to somebody else. And it, it takes two to tango. And if this person is of the legal age of majority, you might not like it. It might be unseemly. might be icky. Calling it all those things, I'm just fine with. But stop bringing the damn government and threatening people into these situations. Because it's totally legal if you're 18. And, and we're in Alabama. It's 16 or something like that, isn't it? It's like right. crazy young yeah, well, and I think it's like 16, uh, but you have to be within a, like, you have to be 17 or 18, uh, or I think you can marry somebody who's 16. Man, that's nuts. Yeah, that's weird to me. Wow. I wouldn't want to do that, but I, I'm also very much each their own as long as it's consensual and peaceful. Yeah. And you can consent. Yeah. So, I, I don't want to be the guy who's, like, judging people and certainly not the guy who judges them and then says, because you disagree and you've lived a life that I wouldn't live. Authorities! Bring because, in the authorities! Lock them we, up! We've all seen that old gray-headed dude with the old young blonde, mm. and then she's all about it. Yeah. And, and then, for some reason, you keep seeing them years past, and they're still together. No, maybe they actually like each other. Yeah, it's like, wow. You know, so... Right, and that's the thing. Love is strange. What's the old saying? There are no rules in love and war? Yeah, love is blind. Right. (laughs) And so when I hear stories like this, all these uh, sex scandals, 
like Bentley with his aide, Governor Bentley. I didn't feel like I made some jokes because it's funny. Like, I, I love all my staff equally. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, Governor. Glad I didn't try to work for you. Um, but I, I get more interested in what is the actual love story? These things don't just happen. There's a, there's a story there. Things grow and they blossom. Right, and maybe it's the wannabe writer novelist in me, which I've never done that. And, uh, but it's that storyteller in me that wants to know the actual story without some moral or morality play to my agenda. You really can't make a good judgment on it without knowing the whole thing. If you do, right. then you, it's just not right. You know? right. And it's just, uh, that story drove me up a wall. It was, it's downright tyrannical. Man, I, I saw it. I was like, wow, she's fine. Yeah. It's like, man, poor kid. Kids. Poor kids. Yeah, she's 22. <laughs> I, I was just got done saying that if a 22-year-old started flirting with me, I'm going to be very damn careful about doing anything with that 22-year-old. They're going to have to prove to me that you're, like, up there in some level on my maturity level, well, which is not that high of a bar I'm setting. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. You've got to make sure that conversation is going to be able to happen. You're going to be able to talk eye level yeah. about you being daddy. Right. I don't like that type of relationship where I'm, like, maybe unless it's my own child where I'm playing, like, the wise one. It's like, oh, you can do this. You could do that. Like, teaching them. I don't like being in a situation, though, where people, like, look up to me. Uh -oh. and, like, and some people want my advice fine, but if I give my advice, I... I'm a big fat fool. I'm not that fat because of thank you yoga, thank you Diamond Dallas Page. But <laughs> DDP makes me DDP think of Diet Doctor Pepper. Free plug for them. But uh, yeah, it just it drove me up a wall. And it, it generally here's the bottom line: if you're going to start defining consensual sex between legal adults as sexual assault because of where they work then how can you have any real conversation, a common-sense conversation, about what constitutes sexual assault? Mm. Yeah, they're, they're, it's changing. Everything's changing so much. And we're infantilizing people. Well, okay, I'll put this to you. It's some guy I've had on the show before, David Gornoski. He said he was, in, he was selected for jury duty. And they brought him... I've never been selected. Well, I was selected once. I think it was, like, for a federal grand jury the way it was like the documents looked and so i answered honestly and once they saw the websites i read and my political opinions they're like uh you're dismissed <laughs> you don't even have to come in uh but he described it the jury selection process where the lawyers are examining them and asking them questions and one of the lawyers asked my friend david now if there was a law on the books that said lawyers cannot use blue pens and it was duly passed by the legislature, signed by the governor, completely found constitutional by the state and federal rules by the courts. That's a law that lawyers can't use blue pens. And it was proved in a case where I'm the defendant that I had to use some blue pens in my legal practice. Would you vote to say I'm guilty? My friend David said... Absolutely not. That's absurd and disgusting. Like I said, why? It's like, because I'm not going to lock somebody in a cage or punish somebody for doing something that is benign and silly 
as writing in a blue pen. I don't care how many people in your... I don't care if it was a unanimous vote of the legislature. I don't care how thick in the... I don't care if the governor used a blue pen to sign it. I don't care if you went through your whole process in the court. I'm not going to put somebody in jail for what is not, by any ancient standard of justice, a crime. Just because y'all decided. And that's generally how I feel about a lot of our laws in this country. I'm not out there trying to break them and be this rude boy and show all the hypocrisies of our government. But it drives me up a wall when people just go, oh, that's what our, our legislature decided? Well, then it must be right. And then the old tried and true chestnut is, uh, well, if you don't like it, go ahead and change the law. Well, me bitching about it, what do you think I'm trying to do? My goodness. It was like the seatbelt thing we were talking about the other day. Mm. You know, I mean, before the seatbelt law, it's like, okay, I'll wear my seatbelt. Got to be safe. Then they put the seatbelt law out there, and it's like, well, maybe I'm not going to. And then I thought about the smoking in cars with babies. Smoking in cars with babies. Yeah, that's a new thing people want to get rid of. Yeah, man, I, man I'm, I don't smoke in the car with my baby. But now I'm thinking about smoking in my car with my baby and rolling the windows up. <laughs> and that's what has me thinking about this uh, case. But I'm not going to. I'm kidding. But it has me thinking about this case in, in, like, uh, in Connecticut. Do you think maybe... The, somebody asked me, why didn't they wait until he had graduated, the 18-year-old? And I said, is it possible that the forbidden fruit aspect of the relationship kind of spurred them further faster. Uh, that probably happened to Mr. Bentley, too. It kind of made it hotter. Uh -huh. It's like, oh, we got to keep this a secret. It's just a secret between you and uh -huh. me. And we'll only talk in hushed voices. Don't even text me, baby. Just <laughs> call me. And if I don't answer, you'll know it's, you know I'm doing something. But when I'm alone, you call me. Uh -huh. I'm going to talk just like this. Don't tell anybody, except a few of your girlfriends. That's fine. You can brag a little you bit. You can tell the fellas. You can tell a few folks of how smelly I am and disgusting I am, even though I'm <laughs> and just awkward and weird. You can tell a few folks. But no, it makes me... And the forbidden fruit concept is a real thing. It's right there in the Bible. Like, it's kind of a game I think God played on people. Like, you can eat of all the fruit of all the trees in the garden... Except for that one. <laughs> don't push the red button. And I don't know why God sounds like that, but just don't eat from that tree. <laughs> of course we're going to go eat from that tree. Uh -huh. Of course we are. And I think that's what happened here. You have the green apple and the yellow apple, but don't touch the red apple. Right. <laughs> that's, that's just... See that wardrobe over there? The room upstairs on the third floor. Don't go in there. <laughs> of course, that's the setup for every great like fantasy going through a portal or horror movie or whatever. Uh huh. It's that uh, you, you, there's something about it—the mystery, the curiosity—gets the best of us, and I think it happens all the time. So because that is all the time, that's been our subject tonight. I have a song for the day. Okay, I'm sure you know this one. <laughs> you know this one. Oh, with this gut-busting solo at the beginning. Van Halen, Hot for Teacher, 1984. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. We'll be right back.
I really do have a pencil in my hand, but... <laughs> it's been a little while since I've played some, like, rock and roll, too, for the album today. Oh, oh it's so good. Like, I'm just yeah. eating up the song right now. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but... Oh, it's so awesome. It just makes me think of all the David Lee Roth videos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just him jumping around, and then you see him, like... In 05, when he got arrested for buying pot in the park. Right. Well, no, and I watched some, it's via the wrestler Chris Jericho, who really emulates, I'll just tell you off air, he emulates David Lee Roth and a lot of his stuff. And Jericho has his own band, Fozzie, which is uh, oh, doing really well. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, a song called Judas, um, which is a really cool song, actually, about betraying yourself and your own conscience. And mm. it's a really, the Judas in my own mind. It's a really cool song. Um, and it did pretty well on the uh, heavy hard rock charts. I, I think I've heard of them. I've never listened to them because I think I believe they've been around for a long, long time. But because of Jericho, I I did. I was in the mood. I like looked up an old Van Halen video and David Lee Roth in like 1984, circa that song, circa '84. He is like the most charismatic dude I've ever seen. I look like he's having so much fun. Oh, he looks like he's having a blast. Yeah. I remember being a little kid and staying up late and watching Headbangers Ball. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but then our uh, like our football coach in high school, Trokey, he really he played a lot of uh, Van Halen. Like it was an old video of Trokey's where Trokey was damn good. He was a damn good running back. And it's when they won, I think, a state championship in California. And the whole like highlight reel of him is scored to... Here, I'm just going to have to look it up. Uh, and it's not David Lee Roth at all. Not David Lee Roth at all. It's this one with Sammy Hagar. Oh. And Hagar's not bad, but it's, it's like an old kind of grainy football like highlight reel set to this. <laughs> so inspirational. Dreams by Van Halen. <laughs> You guys ready for the Friday Night Lights? Now get out there and kick some tail! Go! See, and this isn't anywhere near as rocking. Like, there's a great solo in it, and it's... But not... David Lee Roth. What happens to these bands? Like, I was watching a documentary on Rush uh, last night, and Rush goes through this whole phase of, like, you just took the lifeblood. Well, Pert's still there. He's really the heartbeat. But Alex Lifeson on guitar from those early Rush albums is one of the best. And now you've got Getty, like, playing keyboards and synths with both feet and both hands, <laughs> and Lifeson's just sitting there strumming acoustic. What happened to you guys? They got old. 
I, I feel that like a lot of music when they first start out, your plums turned into prunes. Yeah, man. When in the beginning they're all rah rah, and then but they're twenty two, right. you know, and they get older and they're twenty five and they're still kind of like rah rah. And that I that kind of happened to Aerosmith, though they. Like, even when they were doing the ballads in the late 80s, early 90s, they still had, like, Love in an Elevator, which is Pink. Pretty, yeah. That Pink song. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was great, and it was, like, late 90s. And then they did the Just Push Play album. There are a lot of really hard rock songs on that album. Uh, the one with the cow on the front. The cow. Oh, I know what you're talking Man, about. that was a great album. Yeah. Great stuff. Great rock and roll. I think I'm, I need to get more on a rock kick with this show. Hey, man. Like, you know. good rock and roll and that's what I would do like if I've been listening to too much Prince in <laughs> high school I'm like man I've listened to like I listened to Dirty Mind Controversy 1999 Purple Rain Around the World in the Day Parade Sign of the Times Love Sexy even the Batman soundtrack <laughs> and I've listened to them over and over again and the fact that I could just name all those off the top of my head I think Rec- you know, suggest I'm being genuine here. Like, I've been listening to this way too much. Time to put on, like, some ACDC Thunderstruck. <laughs> Change I mean, it up a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. I need some immediate testosterone, you know. Enough of this androgyny. Your feelings, man. You mm-hmm. get your feelings, and then you get a little hatred. Right. You know? it's like, ah. right. You wake up in the morning, put some metal on, right. you know. Get your blood flowing. Exactly. Just don't fall in the shower. Well, it looks like we have a call here, Seth. Uh-oh. 272-9228. But Join Debbie us. has the number memorized. Hey, Debbie, how are you? Hey. Um, you need to play Can't Get No Satisfaction, then. Ooh. Mm. Old Rolling Stones song? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it'll perk you up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> But now, talk about pets' names. I think I've been very original. I got a cat named Rat, hmm. Gomer, mm-hmm. Maximilian. Ooh, I like yeah. that one's fancy. Oh, Come yeah, here, Maximilian. Yeah. Well, we called him Max for short, but Maximilian, yeah. Um, I had a Spunky Taffy Toffee. A who? And a Spunky Taffy Toffee. Hey, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He was a lot soft, so golden white. And uh, Midnight Lace. Um, and then my new dog now, he's a rescue dog, is Slow P. <laughs> what? <laughs> Explained already. Don't need to say anything about that. All right, then. <laughs> just takes a while. It's here You're already. welcome. But uh, I was going to get on the bandwagon with you about all this stuff, you know, with you know, government kind of doing an overreach with our own personal, my, um, you know, moral yeah. type codes. I I really have a lot of issues with overreach. I, I'm I'm a bit of a skeptic and definitely a cynic when it comes to our government getting in our way. And so I totally agree. Sometimes the government just goes a little too far. And right now, because of it, we have a whole generation of such coddled, uh, innocent children, supposedly children, that have absolutely no idea how to live life. They, they are scared to do anything because everything they can do or might do might get them in trouble. I've got two grandchildren yeah. growing up in this. And they literally have to know the law at a young age just to know what's right and wrong. 
And I think that's just way, way, way too extreme. And it's scary. Well, and there's an essay everybody should read from the guy who wrote 1984, George Orwell. It's an essay I think that was published after he died called Such, Such Were the Joys. And it was uh, autobiographical, him a memoir of his time in British boarding school or something along those lines, private school. And the way um, teachers treated him, and I'm not saying this is always the case in every school, but the, the threat of force, the threat of punishment being the main thrust of how they kept people in line. And sometimes they would just punish people to make an example Oh, it, it it drives people nuts. It does not help people. I think it it perverts how they think about being good and what they think of right and wrong. Fear, fear. Yeah, it, you learn by fear, and I mean it's a it's a good teacher, but it's not the way to go about it. Well, but fear. It's one thing to have a healthy case of fear, where you're like I understand this could hurt me, like guns. Like I was uh-huh. raised and taught how to shoot, and I'm not a huge gun guy or gun collector, but I. I learned, okay, this could very much hurt somebody or myself, but I've learned to respect it, and I have a healthy fear of it and respect for what it can do. And that's across the board in so many ways. There are things we should fear, but we can also understand and respect. But it's fear and arbitrary punishment. That's a part of tyranny that often gets left out. It's not just, oh, it was heavy-handed and violent. It was, you know, constraining somebody's liberties as we think of them. It's like, no. It's arbitrary. It's what so many people are yelling about with, like, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and all sorts of people who have gotten away scot-free, those who are well-connected or in power. And it's the arbitrary punishment and use of the law to—it's even confusing at times. It's like, so many contradictions in the law, so it, there's no way even well-intentioned people can enforce it even-handedly. Well, I know that I've read a book that made a lot of sense, and it's talked about how um, in society the two controlling factors over the masses is fear and guilt. And with those two emotions, you can control masses. You can control society. Religion uses it. Anybody who controls you with the power struggle, they use it. And it makes sense. You think about it. When you're a child, what is the two things that you're always told? You can't do that because if you do, you know, God won't love you or, um, you know, you're a bad girl. And you know you don't want to be a bad girl. You know, there's the guilt. Or, right. you know, if you do that, I'm going to whoop your butt. Yeah, don't be a bad girl, Debbie. Oh, oh, well, you Go know, we, we all have our moments. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. He it, just, it, that it was like, I, I'm sorry, but that was too easy. <laughs> I, okay, I can't help it. I have to let you have a little fun every once in a while, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I appreciate you letting me vent a little bit. But it, it is sad that our government overreaches into our own morality. That's something that's a personal thing. Yes. That's not, that's not for the government to decide. No, I religion, it. yeah, religion, it does. But, I mean, you right. buy into the religion. You have a choice. You can be a religious person or you don't have to be a religious person. Well, thank, thank God we're in America. Exactly. I was about to say the same thing. Well, Debbie, I appreciate the call. Thank, thank you. you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. On that note, my cat's name is Cheech. Your cat is named Cheech? Yeah, Cheech. Like Cheech and Chong? Yeah. Cheech? 
You were telling me I kind of look like Chong, so I figured I'd have Cheech. Well, that's a pretty good name for a cat. I've had, uh, let's see, I've had, uh, my first cat's name was Roach. He was Siamese, kind of, uh, he was just little when I first got him, so I could call him Roach. Hmm. And then I had uh, had a baby, and I've had Repeat, and I've had Ferret, and I've had Ellie Mae. Ellie Mae was a teacup chihuahua. That was the best animal I've ever had. Really? I don't like, I usually have not had a good experience with chihuahuas. Uh, Once they're, here's my point, they're at once very dependent on you. How tiny they are, and yet, most chihuahuas I've met, with maybe one as an exception, no matter how dependent they are on you and how much you love them and feed them, as soon as you go to like actually play with them, or more than one person does, it's like they bare those teeth they can't even hurt you with, and they're yapping all the time. Just ungrateful chihuahua brats. <laughs> My chihuahua was nice. Oh, okay. I would put her on the bar, and she'd walk around and go say hi to everybody, and then she'd come back to me, and it was a good dog. I let her come with me everywhere. It was yeah. an awesome dog. Yeah. Uh, Sounds like a good dog. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty good with animals. Yeah, animals are, um, they're important. Uh, I think they give perspective. I've told the story over and over again about Gimli, but they do give a perspective and some comfort. If you just take a few minutes to sit and pet the dog, and I mean, that's not a euphemism, just <laughs> literally pet your dog, um, and don't think about anything else, just relax. No, it, it'll give you some peace of mind. And if you're lonely, they're great. Because, I mean, if you're by yourself and you're lonely, you come home to an animal that needs you, that is good for the soul. Yeah. And so, I mean, whenever, I mean, I got my cat because I lived behind some woods and I had big spiders. And I was lonely every other day when I don't have a kid. Right. I got a free bug killer and a buddy. Hmm. And also an easy uh, cleaner. Yeah. Like yeah. drop something on the floor in the kitchen. Eh, kind of. He, he's picky about some oh, stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, cats are funky about that. Oh, well, I guess I'm a dog guy. I'm used to the dogs. Oh, they'll eat anything. I'm used to the dogs. But, you know, I... Over the week, I'm sitting here thinking back to who we've talked to. We've had some fun. Troy and I had a fantastic show on Monday, and it didn't record. That sucks. Yeah, it did suck. But yeah. it, the people who heard it heard it, and it... It almost is a nice analogy to life. It's like it went out there broadcasting their wives and it's floating away uh, into space. It's it's <laughs> this week I've had a couple people try to uh, uh, guess what I'm going to say. You yeah. know, I'll be talking to somebody and they'll be like, "Oh, well, I know what you're going to say." I was like, "Whoa, you can't assume. You can't try to guess what I'm going to say because I don't even know what I'm going to say." Right. You know, it's one of them things. Well, and it's. It's something I'm working on. I think I'm getting better at it. Don't presume. Yeah. And think you know somebody from the get-go, especially if they disagree with you. That's usually a good thing. I mean, uh, conversation starter is something to talk about. And I'm not into call-outs, and I'm not going to do that. But somebody did say to me a few days ago, it's like, what do you know about tragedy? Like, I just met this person. You haven't been through tragic things. And I... I didn't fight. I didn't go, yeah, uh uh-huh, here's all the stuff. I just let it go. But it's like, why would you even say that to somebody you don't even know? And it could could be all sorts of aspects of life, but you don't know the lives people have lived. Assumptions, man. It's terrible. It gets us into trouble. Yeah, it really does. And you, it's, it's bad. But then on Tuesday, we talked to Sarah Thornton. Cloverdale Playhouse. Uh, I, I heard some of that. Yeah, a Doll's House. It yeah. seems like a great play, and it was a good discussion. 
Um, I'm going to have Greg Thornton, I believe, next week, her father. Oh, cool. Um, talking about the Joe Thomas Jr. guitar pull. Hmm. And they, they put those on, uh, I think, once a month. I forget which Tuesday it is. Um, but they bring in artists regionally um, or here locally who come in and do them as like a storyteller's acoustic set. Cool. And, and the artists, they usually have two or three, and they take turns from the ones I've been to. Mm-hmm. They tell a little story and maybe do an original song, maybe do a cover here or there. And it's a lot of fun. You get to see people up close and personal, very intimate setting. Because the Playhouse is like an old church. Uh-huh. And they've repurposed it with stages. And where is it? It's uh, right, right, very close to where I live. I'm giving too much away. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it's uh, what Fairview and is it Cloverdale Road? Yeah, it's not, yeah. yeah, it's like Caddy Corner to uh, Bud's Bar. Oh, okay, yeah. I know you're talking about in yeah. that area. Yeah, that whole where the Capri is. And uh, go see the the show, the a doll's house. It should be informative and great. And then we had the. Uh, with DeAnt, DeAnthony Turner, and Toya. That was funny. And Brandon. That was funny. I worked real late that day, and mm-hmm. in the background, I heard, I was listening, and I was trying, I was laughing on the inside, but angry because I was working on the outside. Yeah, they, they were great. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Last night's was good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, uh, Brittany. Yeah. yeah. Brittany Hunter. I, I like her a lot, and... Uh, yeah, this kick I'm on with Jordan Peterson, I always get a little worried when I get too much of a deep dive into any one thinker or writer or whatever. Um, but it's been worthwhile, especially after having actually taken the time to listen to hours, more than a day's worth of lectures from this guy, not always agreeing with him. I think he's a little too pessimistic. But when I read the critiques of him, I'm like, this is sad. Like, it's not honest conversation going on. It's just like, oh, he's become this figure. We must tear him down. Trolling. Yeah. A bunch of trolls, man. Well, but then he's accused of leading the troll. He's just a sophisticated troll who's reasonable. But, you know, underneath all that reasonableness, you know, he's just this fascist. Oh. Uh. <laughs> right, all right, all right. Oh, the world, man. It's just, it's it's becoming so so hard. Well, but here's one thing I'm worried about. Did you ever see the, it's still on Netflix, there's a Netflix uh, mockumentary called American Vandal, Mm-mm. where this prankster is accused of drawing 17 Johnsons, I'll put it that way, like in spray paint on faculty cars. Mm-hmm. And the reason he's accused of it is because he's prone to drawing Johnson's and permanent marker on people's dry erase boards. He's known as a prankster. He's very proud of his pranking. He'd been in trouble all throughout his high school career. So they think, obviously, he's the guy who drew all these Johnson's on all these cars because he's the only one who would do that, something that crazy. But this one kid who's like the documentary maker, the filmmaker, doesn't believe that he's the guy who did it. And so it goes into this like very detailed, like you're watching the documentary be made uh, plot. And I don't want to give it away completely. I bet he did it. Maybe. It's a little more complicated than that. Uh-huh. But the moral of the story is this. If you say somebody is something, even though they aren't, if you say, you're a loser, you're a loser, you're a loser, you're a loser, or you're, you're no good, you always mess up, 
You say it to them enough, they'll start to believe it. Eventually, they'll start to believe it. I had a high school. I went to Lee for a little while, and my wood shop teacher gave me a tape. And it was uh, this guy uh, talking that uh, he did this experiment or whatever. And one guy said to himself, hey, I'm going to do this. You know, this is going to happen. No matter what goes on, this is going to happen. It's just going to. He believed it with full heartedness, you know. And the other person was kind of iffy about it. Well, the guy that believed he was going to do it, it actually worked, you know. And then the other guy, it didn't work. Hmm. You don't let anybody stop you. You just believe it full-heartedly, and eventually it will come about. Yeah, you have to picture it. Yeah, yeah, you have to picture it, and you got to tell yourself it's going to, and you got to believe it, and then just don't forget about it, and eventually it works out. Well, and even here's, a, I think, even deeper part of that, is that, even if it doesn't work out, if you never try and you never have that basic faith that you're going to try to make something happen then it will you from the get-go you have already made sure it will not happen you've already failed and you haven't done anything exactly it's better to try and to learn from failure and then eventually you might succeed but then you know some people learn this is what if you do succeed and it's not what you thought at least you tried well no like say you wanted to be a rock star and you like you're selling out arenas and making all this money Women are throwing their underwear at you. Which doesn't actually sound that great. It's more, it's not the underwear itself, right? It's more like, God, whose smelly bra is this? Yeah. It smells to high heaven. She yeah. must have been rocking out Ooh, there. That's the wrong color. Ooh, take a shower. <laughs> anyway, you're, you've reached, you know, the... The pinnacle of a rock starness. Exactly. Everybody wants to be a rock star. But what if you reach that pinnacle and you realize, crap, this sucks. Change it and do something else about it. Exactly. You got to do something about it. Cause. Well, and that's, a, I think, something I'm working on. It's like, it's not about reaching this great place where everything in life will be wonderful forever and forever and forever. It's not some plateau you reach and I'm done learning. No, it's constant learning and climbing further, forward, upward, onward. Yeah, onward, different ways. and Because if it ever gets to that one point that you're talking about. Yeah boring yeah who wants that all the time i want some some difference some change i mean uh during the month you know some weeks are better than others but uh the 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 bad weeks are totally worth it 110 percent because of the good weeks right you know like today sucked but i get to come hang out with you yeah it totally 360 flip boom totally worth it well i'm glad i can be the ying to your yang you know I'm just saying, man. Mm. No. That was a little too intimate for me, now that I think of saying that. <laughs> anyway, on that note, let's end the show. <laughs> too intimate for you? I don't think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I think we got a little too close there. Oh, oh I'm sorry. High five, man. No. No! Don't, don't touch me, maybe. <laughs> Give me ten minutes. Okay. Thank you for listening to me, folks. I'll be back on Monday. Thank you, Seth, for joining Thank you, me. man. Still don't touch me, though. No, don't worry. Yeah. I got your scarf in the car. <laughs> Freaking me out, man. Joey Clark. <laughs>